It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Carrie and Larissa. Hi, welcome to the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast. I am your host, Carrie. And I am Larissa, and I have something very special to share with you. (laughs) Yes, what's that? Okay, so I went ahead and took it upon myself to go ahead and um, buy something from the baby registry for our dear friend. Should I tell you who? Yes. I'm so excited. Miss Elizabeth Holmes of Theranos (gasps) welcomed a baby boy on July 11th. Now, remember, she was supposed to go to trial for Theranos, for the big Theranos scandal on July 13th. And that has been postponed to August 31st. So she can get a little nursing time in, a little bonding time. We did not have a prison baby this time. Elizabeth Holmes is the Stanford dropout who became a tech billionaire after claiming to revolutionize lab tests using a single drop of blood. Now she's keeping a very low profile as she faces a criminal trial. But we found her looking like she doesn't have a care in the world with her new fiance. Lisa Guerrero has this exclusive report. Elizabeth Holmes might be facing up to 20 years in prison, but she sure looks happy prancing around San Francisco. That's the disgraced tycoon and her fiance, Billy Evans, whose t-shirt says it all. Take a walk on the wild side. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Holmes is the founder of Theranos, which marketed blood testing equipment that did not work as promised. She was on the cover of business magazines and hailed as the youngest female billionaire. The searing gaze, she never seemed to blink. The black turtleneck she always wore. More people and that deep baritone voice, which some say she faked to be taken more seriously. We've made it possible to eliminate the tubes and tubes of blood. Holmes has been arrested and charged with massive fraud. I, do you think she's more or less likely now to get jail time because she had a baby? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I do not know. No, I think, I think if she's going to get jail time, she's going to get jail time because she has a partner. Her partner is, oh, who is her partner? They let Teresa and her husband go to jail back to back because of their family situation. But this is huge. I mean, Teresa Judice was small potatoes compared to what Elizabeth Holmes, you know, scammed people out of and shareholders out of. It was like billions, right? Yeah. I just, I'm very curious it, how the baby aspect of it, if how she was able, if she was able to leverage yeah. this. Did they say where she had the baby? Redwood City, California. So I was thinking Moses Basket. You know who was there? You know who who was there? Jim Jones before they went to Guyana. Oh, that's right. That's a kooky little city, isn't it? (laughs) Kind of weirdly makes sense. Do you think she had like a natural birth or do you think it was all about the drugs? Oh my gosh. Probably all about the drug. And the thing is about her, I was thinking about this the other day. I was on Facebook and you know how they have all the Facebook ads about like Everly and Uh Luminaire and Vessel and all these different things about like at home testing for everything from hormones to metabolism. If she had just waited a little longer and did something like that, she would have been like the forefront of all these like at home Facebook 
Add. I thought you were going to say testing for syphilis or something. I went to a very dark place right off the bat. <laughs> I, <laughs> they do have one for STDs, by the way. I skipped yeast and went I think, straight I, for the jugular. <laughs> I, I know we kind of missed a couple stories in the past about our beloved royals and not the ones you're thinking of, but uh, Beatrice and Eugenie, what are your thoughts on the husbands? Okay, so this is what I think. The marzipan one, I've always been very suspicious of him. Oh, I don't know which one I'm talking about. It's loud. Yes, yes. Which one day we need to do a little bit more of a deep dive because I already have a lot of information on him. I definitely think like she got with him. Which one got with him? Beatrice. I always get the two. Beatrice got with him when he. He was still living with the architect, the mother of his child. Supposedly she was sleeping on the couch. Her parents were giving interviews from Texas, Mm -hmm. not even knowing that they were broken up. That's right. Like, what are you talking about? Like when the news called them, the ex-girlfriend is very lovely, very smart, Mm -hmm. like put all these pictures out there of her body. And it's awful strange that, you know, he had an opportunity into the royal family. Yes. The next, within a week, he's dropping. What's what's her name darlene or it starts with a d uh, Dar- dora d. or something i don't know yeah it starts with a d i think he's shady mcshades i mean his ex-girlfriend still has the apartment in the in his building i would not be surprised allegedly if there is not something where he's like listen i'm doing this because i'm a real estate developer i'm just trying to get some contacts over here i'll still love you like we'll end up oh beatrice pissed me off tonight yeah he's over there I just think he's having his cake and eat it too. That's well, allegedly this is what what's I weird. This is what's weird. They were in New York and Beatrice was with him and the baby is with them. And um, he was out like having a midnight walk with her. I mean, Beatrice would know that yeah. she would be like, unless he's like, Hey, I'm going to have a drink with the boys. Well, I'm sure he was. And he has their offices are located in the same building. Why does your ex-girlfriend need to to get her office, move her architecture off office to the same building downstairs. It's just very close to comfort. And I think Beatrice is like, she was with that other guy who she was really into and didn't want to marry her. She was dating him for five years. She was the older sister, yeah. no less. Her younger sister is getting married. They break up and literally within six months, he's already marrying somebody he's else. Italian. Like, what can you say? Yeah. I'm talking about the ex-girlfriend, the hair ex-boyfriend. Yeah. She gave him that marriage ultimatum. He's like, no, I don't want to get married. And then six months later, he's marrying an American. Then she gets, yeah. mm -hmm. And then she gets with uh, Eduardo (laughs) Marsman. And then she's liking him, who I think she thinks that he's cuter. He's a hot blooded Italiano. What she could land. And I think, I just don't see it lasting. And if it does, I think, I think she's more into him. They've always been kind of frumpy in the press. Mm -hmm. The ex-girlfriend is the ex-girlfriend of hell because she has a better body, better according to what she could perceive it as. Better body, better educated. You know, speaking of hot affairs, did you know that Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess of York, has penned her first romance novel? It's called Her Heart for a Compass. And it was based loosely on the life of her ancestor, Lady Margaret Montagu Douglas Scott. It was... They call bodice buster romance novels, but it, the critics branded the book as boring and a slog with an insipid main character and a tone that jumps between archaic and contemporary. 
almost all commented on the lack of sex and said it was at the PG end of Mills and Boone, which is the publishing company. They publish here in the United States under a different publishing really? house, but yes, I've read plenty of those. Yes, I have read my fair share. Of so, <sighs> Mama Sarah has not has not really come out with the boom. She tries so she hard. Does. I think this is the key to the whole of my life now. Mm-hmm. Is that you know it's like I'm stripped bare. I called my girls this morning. And Beatrice Nugent just called me and said, "Mom, actually, it's a really good, fresh, clean start for you." Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're here 100% for you and we love you. And I, sh- I, I said to them, I'm so glad that I, through my mistakes, you'll never do all this. Mm. So I have been a great mother to you girls. <laughs> that you can learn from my mistakes. Absolutely. Learn from your mistakes. And, and, but the key to what they said was, Mom, you know, it's like you get to the middle of the onion skin, the onion, and you've pulled away everything. Mm-hmm. And now you, you've sort of merged the dark and the light of Sarah. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is part of me. What you're seeing there is part of me. Um, but, but normally you step it beside, behind mm-hmm. you, you know. They, everybody says that. You look at the devil in the face, which it is. Then you, you forgive and say, okay, I, listen, I made almost a mistake which is will never be forgotten mm-hmm. and forgive is so important meaning you forgive yourself after mm-hmm. but that's it was still a work in progress which is why i said she tries so hard i feel like she's like the 19 19- it sounds terrible right okay so you had princess diana and you had fergie right and they were compared yeah. a lot no matter what fergie does she always stumbles no. basically she can- it's hard for her to put a foot forward if it's not her outfits if it's not her budgie or but her weight yes. watchers or Selling connections to him, to Andrew, like it got to the point where Prince Philip didn't even want anything to do with her. I feel like this sounds bad, but I feel like Meghan Markle is like the modern recycled version of her in the way that everything she ends up doing is like cringy. Like if it's something that she's trying to push about. Meghan is still adored. She's adored. I know. But there was a time where people saw Fergie as like entertaining and then. Well, they looked at her like a cartoon character. Sad. Yes. Well, where Megan, I think they look at her like a snake in the grass. Or a goddess. Depends you know, on like, which side you're on. Exactly. She's so controversial. But I don't think in the royal family, like, I definitely think there's people that wouldn't have anything to do with her. She's the yeah, same way with this person non grata. For the Fergies and the Megans of the world are always compared to this glamorous yes. sister-in-law. Yes. And Megan took it in a different direction than what Fergie did with, you know, some of her th- ploys and business opportunities she tried to Did plug. you know, though, that Sarah Ferguson is actually a big, uh, she's a big fan of Jack, Eugenie's husband, the one who was on the boat in Capri with the models, the topless model. Yeah, what was your thoughts well, about that? Well, here's the thing. I was surprised he did that. I think Jack lacks better judgment. I don't think he was doing anything. And I have to tell you, we had eyes on the ground in this situation because some friends of the pod were actually on a yacht over and they pulled out the big old captain's binocs because they heard that he was on that boat with apparently this famous Italian model or actress model, whatever is big in Italy. And so people were looking at her too, but it's, he's a brand ambassador for one of the most popular tequila brands, a star-studded tequila brand, Casamigos. You know, yeah. that's George Clooney and Gerber. So he's going to go to these things. 
he used bad judgment in getting on a boat with like no other males except this 90 year old Italian guy who's captaining the boat. And then a topless model and the topless model was like, I never got topless. I don't know why I did this time. I just, it's crazy. So part of me is like, was this kind of a strategy to, for Casamigos to get the news? Like, what was it? I mean, I, I think he just didn't use great judgment or maybe it was planned because his co-worker, who's his boss, was also on the boat. Jack is more like, I want to say use the word bumbling. I mean, they were together at like eight years before they got married a very long time. He's not in the same caliber as Marzipan. No. Marz- I think Marzipan has more of a an agenda. And he, yeah, and he's more yeah. shadier about yeah. it. I don't think Jack, Jack is just like wrong place, wrong time. Sure. I'll go See, she's going to take off. He her- reminds me yeah, of like I a Labrador don't... retriever, just like a really okay. Yeah. yeah. I think so too. I think so. I don't too. think there was any shadiness so going on there. Yes, I met up with the princess and her new fiancé, Jack Brooksbank, just a few hours ago at Buckingham Palace. He did a handstand. Huge (laughs) congratulations. How does it feel that the news is finally out there? It's so exciting. Very, very happy. Very excited. And how many people knew then up until today? We literally told our, just our mother and fathers, um, our brother and sister and my grandparents. Very few people. Yeah. Okay. Kept it a secret. (laughs) Well, everybody will want to see the ring so let's let's have a look and there it is and and what's the story behind this jack i went and found an amazing uh pad bracha sapphire um, but then didn't want to do anything until usually had signed off on it right. <laughs> and how long have you been wearing it now literally less than 24 hours first time was last night and it feels very strange to have this when you look down at your hands and yeah you're like, wow i'm engaged yeah it's so nice and jack did you get down on one i did get down you on did one, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is a quite a special moment because, Jack, this is your first ever TV interview. Yeah. And for all those people, usually, that don't read gossip columns, yeah. introduces to your husband to me. Oh, that's the first time I've said yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is Jack. Um, we met when I was 20 and Jack was 24 yeah. and um, fell in love. And, and we have the same, um, same passions and, and drive for life. It's so nice that we get to share this moment with everyone. And... You get to meet Jack. For the background in hospitality, then, are you planning on doing most of the planning for the wedding? (laughs) (laughs) I think... I'm not not sure I was getting a word in edgeways, but no, I'm joking. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do it together. And do you have a dress in mind? (laughs) I've got three sisters, and the conversation is always straight or meringue. Oh, I don't know. Maybe a mix of both? Can you do that? Is there such a thing? No meringue shoulders. That's a little bit out of fashion. Okay. Maybe it's in fashion now. We'll see what happens, but planning will start as as of tomorrow, I assume. Mm -hmm. And where were you when you met them? We were skiing, weren't we? Verbier. In a a friend's uh, place in Nendas, next to Verbier. Mm-hmm. We were skiing, which was amazing. Love at first sight. Was it? For the pair of you, was yeah. it? So what did you think about Princess Charlene in those pictures? Oh, God. Her kids were, her daughter definitely is angry. Her son looked very uncomfortable. Like, if those were the best pictures you had, what were the pictures you didn't put on there? It is Princess Charlene in Monaco. And I think something... Honestly, I feel bad because I think she's very sick and I don't think it's a ear thing. There's one picture where she has like a head wrap on underneath a cowboy hat or underneath a hat. Yep, I saw that. And her eyes are sunken in. It honestly looks like it's some sort of, you know, when people are going through chemo, they get the sunken eyes, they get the gaunt face. I, I, I don't know. Something is up. I don't know if it's cancer, if it's 
I read rumors about her that she never really adapted. It's almost like her mom was kind of rejected by the people of Monaco at first, too. If you ever mm-hmm. watched that Nicole Kidman movie, uh, eventually, you know, she she was more accepted. But I've read rumors that she always came across as kind of cold, arrogant, didn't want to speak the language, uh, was getting a lot of plastic surgery mm-hmm. or like, you know, like dermatologist stuff because she was very miserable. I heard there might have been some drugs or some prescription stuff involved, but that's all allegedly. Uh But I mean, he took like six years to marry her, I think. And was having babies with other women along the way, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Shooting something at some point just to put me out of my misery, if not walk away. Former Olympic swimmer Charlene Woodstock. They met through competitive swimming. So water safety is a natural arena for this royal to focus on. Your Serene Highness Princess Charlene, so lovely to have you back home in South Africa. And thank you very, very much for being part of Top Billing today. Thank you. It's so wonderful to be back. Do you smell the the soil and the high felt sunsets that you see here? What is it like for you when you actually come back home? No, it's it's great to come back home to hear the houses and <laughs> and people asking me, how do I address you? It's, it's so nice. I, I really enjoy coming back to South Africa. It's... It's a wonderful country. The people are so resilient and I'm, I'm just happy to be home and to see my friends and my family. I never know why people end up getting married in those situations. Like, did he just finally turn around and be like, I got to marry somebody? Or was there some sort of childhood pattern that he was familiar with that was the appeal of her? Because Grace Kelly was very warm. Like, I don't know. I think as far, that's the thing. He could have had any model that looked like his mom. I don't know. I never understood the attraction between them. I did like maybe early, early on when they first got together. Yeah. When she wasn't so like. Yeah. And he was a little bit better looking and it seemed like there was some initial spark, but then it just like took a turn to very standoffish very quick. Well, and I guess apparently because it took them time to conceive yeah. the twins, mm-hmm. she was very frustrated about that. That really took a toll. Was there an illegitimate baby after they got married or? Not after, but there was a story of like a third one coming out right around the wedding <sighs> and she tried to bowl. Yeah. Maybe it's a story of like, you finally get something that you want and you're like, wait a minute, do I really want mm-hmm. this? Like, I want to get picked for the team. And then I finally get picked for the team and I'm finally acceptable, acceptable as the bride. But now do I really want this? Because she knew she would have to put up with it. You know, someone doesn't just change their spots and maybe, you know, maybe he was having an affair and that's why she left or, but I do think there is something medically going on with her because she just doesn't look well. Oh, definitely. She does not. I can't agree with you more. And part of me would be like, I hate to say it, but if I finally got back to like country and I was miserable somewhere, I'd be like, nope, I'm not going back. Like, look at Megan. Megan's like, no, go home. Baby. I mean, I couldn't leave my kids. I'd be like, the kids are coming with me. I don't understand why she doesn't have, I'm not going to judge on that kind of stuff. Cause maybe she's in a position where she's like, I can't be the mom that I want to be, or if it's security and why they're keeping them in Monaco. Like, I don't want to judge on that. She said, well, I'm not going back because I can't fly. But I'm like, okay, well, can you go over land? Can you go on water? I would like, find any way back to my kids. Me too. That's how I am but too. I think there's something, there's a list of things that could be going on. But I think one of them is health for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think that's the number one. Mm-hmm. Ciao, darling. 
But let's start uh, the programme today talking about uh, a royal wedding. A royal wedding took place on Friday and it was a big surprise. It was a big surprise. It was announced that Princess Beatrice and her fiancé, Eduardo Mopedimozzi, had married on Friday at the Windsor Estate in the presence of the Queen and Prince Philip. OK, but you're seeing the, the official photographs. There are notable absences from these. Uh, uh, and uh, we're going to talk about that and an unusual after party with Camilla Tomini now with that. So, Camilla, when we say a surprise wedding, a secret wedding, it really was in the eyes of the media. You were you were outflanked on this one. We were outflanked. We were, <laughs> Eamon, that's right. In the sense that uh, we only got wind of it on Friday morning after it had happened. And I think photographers have been in the area because Captain Sir Tom Moore was being knighted in the afternoon at Windsor and so people were prepping for that. And I think the Queen and Prince Philip were spotted in a car making their way towards that All Saints Church people started asking themselves, hang on, something's going on at Royal Lodge. And then, lo and behold, the news was confirmed by Buckingham Palace. And then we had the first photographs mm. in the Sunday papers and then some more this morning. Do you feel short-changed in any way that the parents, that uh, that, that, that her parents were, were not there in the form of Andrew and Sarah Ferguson? Well, I think the idea that they've been excluded from the imagery is significant because it does mark this spectacular fall from grace, particularly for the Duke of York, somebody who's always been quite well known for reminding everyone of the importance of his status as the Queen's second-born son. And clearly there's been a collective decision taken that he should not feature in the imagery of this historic moment for the bride and groom, and that's rare. We always use... So that see... that's sending a clear message yeah, that we, we he's see the fallen parents. from grace then. In exactly. That well, we see the parents in most of the official royal photographs that are released by any members of the royal family. Um, that it's just been the couple and then that lovely photograph of the couple with the Queen and Prince Philip, which is a useful signal for Buckingham Palace to send out that the Queen is still attending such events in her own family and that she's becoming mm. visible during the whole of the outbreak. But I think there is this sense that, unfortunately, they have had to erase Andrew and, by association, Fergie from this... We know that the father of the bride did walk her down the aisle. I was going to say, he, d he did walk her And down. that they were very much a part of the whole ceremony. And indeed, of course, Beatrice planned it all with her mother's help in very swift time. Um, was it partly to do with coronavirus and the idea that they had to keep it low-key because of numbers, but also partly to do with the Jeffrey Epstein scandal, the idea that they just needed to keep it all out of the newspapers and control the image of it from yeah. now on, and they have done that. Uh, for, so, had, so you know. a, a wise choice from their point of view then, it's worked well. I mean, it may not have, have suited us in the media, but from a family point of view, the right thing? I think from a Beatrice point of view, the right thing. She never wanted it to be a grandiose affair. We were at... I was going to say, last uh, October, this programme, we covered yes. Eugenie's wedding. It was a big affair. Celebrity guests. Yes. Fergie there in her green outfit. Um, and it was very, very different. I think Beatrice always knew that the scandal would overshadow this. Don't forget, she got engaged in the September last year and within six weeks... The Duke of York was disgraced by the so-called car crash Newsnight interview and it's not really got better for him since. Obviously, he's now retreated from royal life for the foreseeable future. Um, I think she emerges brilliantly from it in the sense that she looks beautiful, the photographs are lovely, they're clearly a couple in love and I do think there is quite a lot of public sympathy with her and the idea yeah. that her big day has been overshadowed by both of these momentous events. Let's talk about her dress, because she did look gorgeous. Yeah, um, And the dress is, is, is very personal to her, isn't it? Well, what's interesting as well is the amount of support that Granny the Queen has shown to her on her big day. So the dress is by Norman Hartnell, and it was a dress that the Queen 
Queen wore back in the 1960s for a premiere of Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, but no sleeves. With, with no sleeves. So the sleeves have been added and the, the skirts from underneath the dress have been taken out to make it more slimline. That is something that the Queen allowed her own dresser, Angela Kelly, and another of her dressmakers, Stuart Parvin, to do. Mm. So it's, she's obviously doing her granddaughter an enormous favour and honour so there. It's been modified and fitted specially exactly. for her. Exactly. And I think it looks really lovely and classic. Yeah. And then the tiara there is the Queen Mary tiara that the Queen wore on her own wedding day in 1947. So one of the most important pieces of jewellery to the Queen. And it was made from a necklace for Queen Mary that was taken from a piece that Queen Victoria owned. And that's significant for wow, Beatrice because she's named after... Uh, Queen Victoria's youngest daughter. In fact, Fergie is a massive Victoriana nut. And um, that tiara, when the Queen got married, it broke two hours before no. and had to be rushed to Garrard's before Seriously, she was Seriously, two the hours before yeah, the wedding. Yeah, and it was hastily repaired, so it's got a good <laughs> backstory. But I think that's really quite a tender touch from the Queen to make They're sure very that close, this is though, aren't they? extra special. Yeah, Beatrice basically grew up round the corner from Windsor Castle when the Yorks lived at Sunning Hill, but equally... Beatrice then went to school in Ascot, saw a lot of Granny. Some could say, actually, that in many respects, because the Queen had more time to be around for them, she's almost closer to her grandchildren than her children at times. And Beatrice particularly, she's a really lovely girl. I mean, both of the daughters have in the past copped some flack in the press because of the association with their parents, their parents seeming to be a bit overprivileged and grasping. But actually, anyone that's met B and Huge, as they're known, say that throughout all of this, they've obviously been devastated by what's happened to their father. But at the same time, they're very grounded. They're very well-mannered and polite, and they're just lovely, lovely women. Well, what has this meant for the relationship between themselves and their father? Well, the four of them are very close. The whole reason why the Duke and Duchess have remained amicable post-separation and divorce, and they still live together at Royal Lodge, which some find odd. Fergie herself has said they're the most, the happiest unmarried couple in the world. They are a very tight-knit family unit, but... Let's make no mistake here, as far as the daughters are concerned, they're devastated by the scandal that's engulfed their father and then by association their mother. Um, and that's been awkward. And I think in an ideal world, I'm sure Beatrice would have wanted her own parents to be in the official photographs. But I think there's also an understanding that they've got lives to lead and they don't want to be tainted by their own association. It's also worth pointing out that as the scandal continues in the headlines, the Duke of York still vehemently protests his innocence... I think there's a sense with him and his new team around him that they feel that he can be rehabilitated and come back into royal life. But the idea of him being effectively airbrushed from that event on Friday suggests that that's going to be a long time coming, mm. right? The idea of him going back on royal duty, I can't see happening for quite some time. I think until... <sighs> Perhaps he speaks to the US prosecutors and there's a big argument about that. Has he cooperated enough? Is he going to cooperate more? I think until that's resolved, at the moment, there's he's going to remain mark. behind Hang closed it, yeah. doors. I'm, I'm fascinated. What do we know about the relationship between um, the Queen Prince Philip and Andrew and Sarah? Is Sarah back in the fold now? The Queen's always given Sarah her time and invited her to Balmoral with the girls every year because... She thinks that Sarah's done a very good job at bringing them up and that they're lovely girls and she loves her granddaughters. Uh, Prince Philip has never really forgiven Fergie for some of the unfortunate headlines of the past. And um, it used to be the case that when the Queen invited Fergie and the girls up to Balmoral, he would disappear to the Isle of Wight and go to Cow's Week because he didn't want to be in the same place as her. That's 
slightly melted in the sense that he was at both Eugenie and now Beatrice's wedding. It's nice to see him Which, and the Queen together. Yeah, well, at 99 and 94, mm, and they look so happy to be out and about there. Um, ordinarily, they wouldn't have been together for this period because Prince Philip had been spending a lot of time up at Sandringham. He was staying um, at a farm up there, and, and COVID's brought them together for this period since March the 19th. They've been mm. self-isolating at Windsor. Lovely mm. for the Queen as well to see some family in the flesh because up until now, she'd only been having phone calls and video calls. Still too early to go to Tiffany's. I guess the next best thing is a drink. I will never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. me again and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on instagram twitter and facebook at miss intrigue pod follow us on pinterest and flipboard where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty chronicles of interesting events in history and of course true crime lastly check out our youtube channel because everyone has one right that features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out MissDeedsAndIntriguePodcast.com. But we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast hosts or guest co-hosts are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie, Misdeeds, or Intrigue Podcast, or Larissa have been, am now, or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only, and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue Podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites, and or from YouTube, or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.